The reading is taken from Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 to 36, and can be found on page 32 of the Church Bibles. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile when out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the river bank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven ears of corn, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other ears of corn sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin ears of corn swallowed up the seven healthy, full ears. Nemphero woke up. It had been a dream. In the morning, his mind was troubled. So he sent for the magicians and wise men of Egypt. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he had interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was hanged. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said that you, I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, in my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile, when out of the river there came up seven cows, fat and sleek, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows came up, scrawny and very ugly and lean. I had never seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The lean, ugly cows ate up the seven fat cows that came up first, but even after they'd eaten them, no one could tell that they had done so. They looked just as ugly as before. Then I woke up. In my dreams I also saw seven ears of corn, full and good, growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other ears sprouted, withered and thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin ears of corn swallowed up the seven good ears. I told this to the magicians, but no one could explain it to me. And Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears of corn are seven years. 
it is one and the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that came afterwards are seven years, and so are the seven worthless ears of corn scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance of the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man to put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take the fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so the country may not be ruined by the famine. <clears throat> the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command and men shouted before him, make way, Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zaphoneth Paneah and gave him Aseneth, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain, like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph of Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, 
it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end and the seven years of famine began. Just as Joseph had said, there was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. When all Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the countries came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe in all the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Lord, we thank you for Lisa and for the job you've given her in her ministry here with us. Through her words this morning, bring us into communion with you. Open our hearts and reveal how we can use all the talents you've blessed us with to follow your example of servanthood, to be the best possible version of ourselves and be a blessing to all. Amen. Morning. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you can now. Good. I wonder, when you were young and people asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What did you say? When I was about six, I had a lovely post office set. Uh, it had stamps and plastic money and, and, and everything. And so I had a phase when I wanted to work in a post office. And I went through many different phases. I remember wanting to be a librarian at one stage because I liked books. And as I grew older, because I was quite good at writing, um, in the fourth year at senior school, which is year 10 now, I did my work experience at a newspaper. Back in the days when, you know, I appeared the first day and they gave me a spiral-bound um, notebook and a pencil. There was not a computer anywhere. I was given a desk with a huge typewriter on. I was fascinated by local people, by community stories, and I loved my week. I covered all sorts of different stories with a small team of reporters. And since then, I've had all sorts of jobs, uh, from working on a market stall, selling menswear, to working for Marks and Spencers, when in the 1980s, you were really trained to serve people. Okay, so you're getting the sense of the little things that I've done over my life, which I thoroughly believe um, have brought me to this point today. And I'm sure many of you are the same. 
when we think back to all the jobs that we found ourselves doing, do we ever realise that we may have been trained by God for some other purpose? When we look back, do we see that maybe God was giving us different opportunities to work in different places with different people for a reason? At one school that I taught at, we had a member of staff retire who had taught maths there for 38 years. And when he retired, I remember it well, he made sure that his leaving speech was 38 minutes long because he felt he deserved a minute for every year that he'd served the school. And I think he deserved that, don't you? But sadly, his story is becoming more and more rare. In today's world, people move from job to job swiftly, constantly seeking opportunities to broaden their experience. And people are looking for new positions and responsibilities all of the time. Indeed, five years is now considered a long time to have worked somewhere. And it may be the same to a certain extent with our Christian lives. We can focus on the present. And we have to admit that we do often take a short-term view of our Christian lives that concentrates on what God is doing for us now. Yet God has long-term purposes which focus on what he wants us to accomplish for the future. And this principle had been at work in Joseph's life. Through adversity and disappointment, God developed Joseph's character and gave him invaluable training in our reading from scripture today, we find that a sudden crisis and an opportunity reveal what sort of person Jesus had become. And I really think that Joseph is someone who can encourage us in our lives. God used two dreams to elevate or promote Joseph from the misery of prison to the splendor of the court. So what can we learn from this story? Well, I've got some letters here which stand for different things. First of all, we're going to have a J. And J stands for job description. There were many magicians and wise men in the palaces of ancient rulers. And their job description included studying the arts and sciences, reading the stars, interpreting dreams, and predicting the future. These men had power but their power was satanic. They were unable to interpret Pharaoh's dream. But God revealed its meaning to Joseph while he was in prison. 
And let's be clear about this. Pharaoh's dreams were causing him great distress. Since none of these wise men of Egypt could explain them. And the troubling part of that first dream was that those seven ugly and gaunt cows came up and devoured the seven fat cows. The second dream carried a very similar message. Seven plump ears of grain on a single stalk were swallowed up by seven thin and scorched ears of grain that sprouted after them. And we have to remember that these magicians whose job description was to actually be an expert in interpreting these dreams couldn't do it. So that provided Joseph with an O, an O that stands for an opportunity. Our most important opportunities come when we least expect them, don't they? And Joseph was brought hastily from the dungeon and pushed before Pharaoh. The cupbearer remembered that Joseph was gifted in interpreting dreams. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Did he have the time to think about what he was going to say? We don't know the answer, but we do know that Joseph was ready for almost anything because of his right relationship with God. We're told that he stood before Pharaoh shaved, as was the Egyptian custom, and in a fresh set of clothes. I always believe it's important to look your best, don't you? But it's not just about Joseph's demeanour or what he was wearing. And it wasn't just about Joseph's knowledge of those dreams that helped him interpret their meaning. It was his knowledge of God. And in verse 16, he doesn't accept the glory for himself, but he points to God as the sole revealer. He says, it is not I, but God will give Pharaoh a favourable answer. And indeed, Joseph explained that because the dream had two versions, it signified it was from God and that it would be carried out soon. So Joseph suggested that Pharaoh should choose a wise man to oversee storing 20% of the grain during each of the years of plenty, so that there would be food in these years of famine. And of course, Pharaoh chose Joseph, in whom there was obviously the Spirit of God. What does this tell us? Well, I think it tells us to be ready for opportunities. I think it tells us to stay close to God and when he calls you to a task, then you'll be ready. So S is our next letter and this stands for the survival plan.
After interpreting Pharaoh's dream, Joseph gave the king a survival plan for the next 14 years. The only way to prevent starvation was through careful planning. Many people find detailed planning a bit boring, but planning in this case was a responsibility. Joseph was able to save a nation by translating God's plan for Egypt into practical actions. We need to think about that. In verse 33, it's important to note that the famine, unlike many of the disasters in the Old Testament, it wasn't a judgment. Joseph points out that a wise manager will take steps, always, to prevent calamity by taking extra measures if we can see extra hazards. And I'm sure I don't need to remind you that famine was a catastrophe because ancient peoples relied almost exclusively on their own crops for their food. Perfect conditions were needed to produce good crops because there were no chemical fertilizers or pesticides. And any changes in rainfall or changes in insect activity could cause crop failure and great hunger. So the famine Joseph prepared for was especially severe because the seven years of famine came right after another. Without God's intervention, the Egyptian nation would have crumbled. And the land of Egypt is a thin, very fertile strip between deserts. Famine could hit this area very hard. And from documentary records, we know that on two occasions, things were so bad that its inhabitants were forced to resort to cannibalism. So the exertions, the hard work, the skill and the training of one man, Joseph, averted a serious disaster. But our next letter is an E. And an E stands for ever faithful. Pharaoh recognised that Joseph was a man filled with the Spirit of God. Do those you know see God through your kind words, your merciful acts and your wise advice? I'm sure they do. Do your relatives, do your neighbours and friends see you as a person in whom the Spirit of God lives? You see, the training that Joseph had received had involved him being a slave and then a prisoner. And in each situation, he learned the importance of serving God and others. Joseph was 30 when he became second in command in Egypt. When you consider that at 17, he'd been sold into slavery by his brothers... Thus, he spent 13 years as an Egyptian slave and a prisoner. So at this point in his career, if you like, I think the P is relevant, because at this point he is promoted.
Joseph's office, which is spoken of in verse 42, suggests that he was now second in command to the Pharaoh. The signet ring he was given carried the king's authority. It was used for signing documents. The fine linen he was given to wear was the sort of dress worn only at court. The gold chain or collar was a customary mark of royal appreciation. And it was a reward for past services. And in verse 43, we hear that he rode in the chariot, which clearly proclaimed that he was next in the pecking order, if you like, after the pharaoh. He'd become the first citizen or vizier of the whole land. What a journey he had been on. From inside a prison cell to receiving such blessings, Pharaoh even gave Joseph a wife, Asenath, from the very good priestly family of On. He also gave Joseph an Egyptian name, Zaphanath Panio. The blessings just went on and on. And it's interesting that we're given a sort of brief recap at around verse 46 in the chapter. The journey that he'd been on, it began at the age of 17 and he was 30 when he entered the service of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And the parallels with Jesus are obvious. Jesus was also around the age of 30, wasn't he, when he began his ministry. And what Joseph was to the men of his day, this and more would Jesus be to the world. So the last letter is H. And the H, I think, stands for humility. It seems as if the end of the chapter brings us to a conclusion. We hear that Joseph stores food for the coming calamity. We hear that he has two sons by Asenath. His firstborn was named Manasseh. And he explains that God had made him forget all of his hardships, and all of his father's house. This verse shows us that Joseph continued his witness to God. He continued to give thanks for all that God had done for him. And the second son was called Ephraim because God had made him fruitful in the land of his misfortunes. So maybe hate should stand for hardship because Joseph's been through a few hardships and the hardship brought on him by his brothers at this point is forgiven. It's a thing of the past. And the fulfillment of Pharaoh's prophetic dreams obviously set the stage for the final act in the fulfillment of Joseph's own dreams. So for me, the main part 
or point of this chapter is that Joseph was promoted to a position where he governed Egypt. His faithful service was rewarded. And he got the top job because he'd been trained well by God. And we need to remember this. So friends, let's pray. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for the story of Joseph. We may look back on our own lives and see where you've provided us with opportunities and training to be more like you. Thank you for your guidance. We ask that we may use our experiences, that we may use our skills, whatever they are, and that we may use our lives to faithfully serve you. We may well have been hurt by people in the past. And we may well have been let down by others. But like Joseph, may we allow God to make us fruitful in the future. Amen.